Thank you, Jesus. Increase your presence burning in our hearts. Thank you, Father, for an increase of fresh grace in our blood. Your blood speaks. Let your blood, your blood stream and your blood lines speak a better word tonight. The throne of grace is increasing in your bloodstream. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Whoa. This is wild what the Lord is doing now with the blood of the nations. changes everything the whole theater of the surface of the earth is changing in the blood Take a moment to be still and know he's God. The seventh day is also the, the Selah of God, the rest of God, after fully understanding and digesting his word, you enter the rest or the Selah of his stillness. not burn within us as he increased the measure of his grace in your blood. is in the blood. In order to experience the divine Zoe life, wow, your blood must flow with the throne of grace. God's been speaking to me about the blood, the blood streams, and the bloodlines in a new way the last couple days. 
really incredible stuff. The blood of Abel speaks and cries for vengeance. The blood of Jesus speaks a better word. You know what that means, right? All the blood in your veins and arteries right now is speaking to the entire world. The blood of humanity is speaking. The blood of the city is speaking. The blood of your town is currently talking. Jesus said the blood speaks. The blood can sing. The blood can preach. The blood can condemn. The blood can cry for vengeance under the influence of the law. And the blood can impart grace depending on your encounters with Jesus Christ. The nations are the bloodlines. When the nations rally around his throne in Revelation 7, that's because their bloodlines are cleansed from the blood that cries for vengeance. The law. See, the law influenced all bloodlines. Yeah. You can say it's religion in your blood because it is. Not even dealing with pride, not even dealing with the fallen angels, none of that nonsense. We're dealing with the law in the blood, Sinai in the blood. That's the blood of Abel. It's the blood of humanity. It's the blood of the nations. It's your inheritance trapped in a prison of the law. Grace is imparted into the bloodstream. That's what the river of life is. The river flows from the throne. What is the throne? The throne of grace. What proceeds from the throne? The river of life. What is the life? Grace. The throne of grace releases rivers of the spirit of grace into the bloodstreams of the nation's hearts. That is the quality of all physical life and natural life of all creation in the world. The quality of your natural life is the quality of grace in your bloodstream right now. That's why he has to write his words of grace upon the tablets of your heart. Holy Ghost. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> he will write his words of grace upon the tablets of their hearts. He will impart to them his throne room. Do you see how the progressive drinking of the river of life into your bloodstream changes the created atmosphere around the soul of your flesh? Remember, your soul is your heart, brain, and spine. Heart emotions, brain, mind, spine, will. So the whole atmosphere of your soul is dependent on the quality of life in the blood and the quality of life in the law very low very low Whew. the quality of life in grace is the most high
Thank you, Jesus. Acts 20, verse 32. Amplified Classic. And now, brethren, I commit you to God. I deposit you in his charge, entrusting you to his protection and care. I commend you to the word of his grace, to the commands and counsels and promises of his unmerited favor. It is able to build you up and give you your rightful inheritance among all God's set-apart ones, those consecrated, purified, and transformed of soul. I commend you to the word of his grace, <laughs> to the commands and counsels and promises of his unmerited favor what is that that's called throne room inheritance how do you get it it says here in Acts 2032 and it goes into the Greek so you can understand what Luke's actually saying here it's talking about the impartation of the word of grace into the bloodstream into the heart we all know Jesus come into my heart but do you have the grid for the quality of life according to your blood? How the words are written on the flesh of your heart and it changes what beats through your bones, brains, and entire existence on earth. So you need to understand that the blood was changed at the fall. Otherwise, we wouldn't need blood that speaks a better word because we'd have perfect blood. But it clearly says in Scripture that Abel's blood was corrupted. The bloodlines were corrupted. Even the best of humanity's bloodlines, the blood of King David, the messianic bloodlines. Oh my gosh. Corrupted. So we need a glorification in our hearts. And it comes by the word of grace. Let your vision now see the very throne of the Lord Jesus burning like a star, the morning star, the throne of grace, rising in your hearts. What is the dawn of day? It's having healed, holy, sonship blood it was the blood of Adam and Eve before they gave up all the life of their blood and then their life in their blood no longer gave them eternal life their eternal life left the blood at the fall you understand that There was a residual effect in the blood, a fading glory, so that the first seven generations could live 700, 800, 900 years. Because everlasting life was in the blood. <laughs> what is the new covenant called? The blood covenant. But did you know that everlasting eternal life is in the blood do you realize when you drink the spirit of grace from the Lord Jesus that you are healing and imparting into your bloodlines into Abel how many of y'all know every single one of you is related to Abel there is not a man woman or child listening or not listening on planet earth that isn't related to the second man Abel <laughs> that is literally everyone's grandpa you understand that his blood courses through your veins and the blood must change from law which are words of man to grace which are words of God 
That's what metamorphosizes you. Do you know what the highest rapture is? What is the highest rapture? We speak of the ecstasies of God. Well, this will put you in e into an eternal blood ecstasy. You start transforming your blood by faith in His grace, by faith in His Word. You begin experiencing ecstasies or the Zoe divine royal life in your blood. Just like if you did drugs and alcohol, well, you can test the blood alcohol content. Man, this person is driving under the influence. How do you know? We did a blood test, and the blood showed the alcohol content in the blood. How many of y'all know there is a grace content in the blood? Every angel can measure it. You can measure the grace content, the Zoe royal life, the eternal life currently in your blood. That is the measure of your faith in God's living word, God's rhema spoken word. Your faith in his word is measurable by the grace in your blood. That is the current level and quality of your life on earth. Come on. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Do you want to have a higher quality of life on earth? Do you want to rise from the realm of the dead? What is the realm of the dead? Jesus called this time the time of the resurrection. What are we being resurrected from? Jesus is the firstborn from among the dead. What are the dead? And what is the realm of the dead? The realm of the dead is the realm of the flesh whose blood is still speaking the words of Abel. <laughs> In other words, human blood is the realm of the dead. It's the realm of every unclean spirit. It's the realm of doubt and unbelief. It's the realm of sin, sickness, and disease. It's the realm where the brain is locked into nature. Now the glory realm is the realm of the grace of his words. So you are being changed out of the realm of the dead progressively by having his words of grace written on your heart and your blood streams becoming the streams of heaven and not the streams of earth. You're being lifted up in your blood streams. It will raise your consciousness. It will raise the quality of your heart, the quality of your mind, and the quality of your bone life. The bones are the place where the blood is produced. The bones and the marrow. <laughs> Jeremiah 5, Jeremiah knew that. He said in Jeremiah chapter 5, his words are like fire in my bones. How do you get elevated to a place of being an oracle like Jeremiah? Speaking the very words out of a hidden world where God is into a world that is completely dead and separated from God. Wow, he had the word of God burning in his bones so his blood was different. Wow. Every angel can tell whether you're alive or dead by the quality of blood flowing through your veins. It's speaking. What is your blood saying? If you stop and listen, you can hear the sermon of the blood. <laughs> and so you speak words into a person's heart and you change their song. And if you speak enough word into the heart, into the bloodstream, you get the song of Moses. You get Mary's song. You get David's psalms because their blood was singing the word of God. <laughs> we know that the word of God is able to give salvation to the hearers. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But did you know it gives you a blood transfusion? <laughs> Until your blood is literally prophesying as an oracle of God the Father effortlessly 
because it's flowing through your veins. What does the Bible say? And the word dwelt among us. And the word was God. And the word was made flesh. The word was made blood. What's the difference between the Old Covenant and New Covenant? The word was not made blood. In the Old Covenant, we relied on the animal's blood. The blood of goats, the blood of sheep, the blood of doves, all the animal sacrifices six days a week at the temple. <laughs> and that blood spoke. It spoke mercy over the people's sins. And the blood of the animals was speaking over the people and thus we had for thousands of years as the covenant people blood sacrifice animals whose blood was given to speak over us mercy <laughs> mercy you're not gonna be destroyed even though you deserve it that blood spoke mercy this blood speaks grace mercy is not getting what you deserve grace is getting the inheritance of those who deserve it Jesus Christ only one who deserves it grace is the impartation of what he deserves into your blood <laughs> the difference is so different one keeps you spared from total destruction of hell the blood of animals kept you from being destroyed by the fallen angels <laughs> it covered you for a time appropriated by God in heaven during that timeline and there is tremendous wisdom in understanding the Levitical animal sacrifice that symbolizes with types and shadows the eternal blood of the Lamb there is just an eternal rich teaching there treasures of wisdom treasures of revelations in understanding each animal and what they did to cover our sins but it all was a type and shadow of the blood of Jesus that would become our very blood no longer a covering come on no longer a sprinkling no one ever asked in the Old Testament to drink the blood of animals. But we are asked in the New Testament to drink the blood of the Lamb. <laughs> that blood was upon you, and it was an outer anointing and outer covering for a time of preserving us until the time of the Messiah came. Now this blood goes inside you. This blood goes into your belly, into your bowels, into your organs, into your stomach, into the acid, into all the inner man gets filled to the brim with the blood of Jesus. Drink my blood, Jesus said. Drink it. Whenever you remember me, drink the blood of the everlasting covenant, the blood of Jesus. That's the new wine. That is the glory of God given to you in the everlasting sacrifice. That's why it's once and for all, because it's no longer a covering. It's no longer something pleaded on the doorpost as a type and shadow of the forehead, the mind of man and woman. No longer have to plead the blood upon the forehead or the door like Passover symbolized. Now you drink the very blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and your cup overflows in the best wine right out the forehead, right out your mind so that the thoughts of your mind are based on the love of Jesus on the cross. Forgiveness. This is a gush of forgiveness. A fresh gush of grace. This is the light of heaven shining in the darkness. And as people have the blood of Abel licked up with the blood of Christ, their very nature changes into the divine. 
What makes God God is his ability to love the unlovable. His love never changed despite the nation's actions. And now through Jesus, his love is manifest as grace. And those who drink it are saved. Those that reject it are still under the law. And Jesus said, your words will be your judges. Why? Because the words are speaking in their bloodstream. Each man and woman that has ever lived has been judged, their eternal spirit, by their own blood. You realize that? Your blood speaks the current judgment of your own soul. So you put the blood of Jesus in there, guess what it speaks to your soul? Salvation, inheritance, blessing, happiness, joy unspeakable and full of glory. All these things are imparted by the drinking of the blood of Jesus. How do you practically drink the blood of Jesus and get his inheritance of his messianic royal divine bloodlines? Faith in the spirit of grace. You go to the liquor store, you go and get spirits. You go into heaven, guess what? You get spirits in heaven, you get spirits in hell. Everyone is drinking spirits. Some are drinking the spirits from the liquor store. Some are drinking the spirits from the religious store. We drink the spirit of grace from the throne of grace. Revelation 22, the lamb is seated on the throne. Notice this is lamb because you got to drink his blood. And flowing from the throne of the lamb was the river of life, crystal clear and sparkling. <laughs> what is the crystal clear and sparkling? Perfect blood. Your new bloodlines, your new adopted perfect family blood. And it's not just about blood. Oh, I got the blood of God. Now I'm royalty. Now I'm literally in a greater family than the Windsor family of Buckingham Palace. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> True, eternal, divine royalty that will be acknowledged in the natural realm beyond the Windsor family. You need to understand what you got yourself into. And it's too good to be true. And it's just going to blow your mind because the Father loves to do that. People don't even realize they drank the blood of Jesus and got adopted into a royal family. I mean, royal beyond any royal family that the natural realm has ever symbolized. What comes in the glory? Royalty. What else comes in the glory? Monarchy. Do you realize that Jesus only preached monarchy? He never preached democracy. He never preached a republic. He never preached voters' rights or individual rights. Not one time in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John did any of his political beliefs coincide with democracy only a monarchy why because his perfect blood is god that's the sovereignty of god that is the throne of grace and of course people want their two cents and so we've had the best we could during the church age when there has been very little grace in human blood mostly law even christian law and that's the best we could do because we didn't drink much of his blood. Now as we begin to drink his blood, we're not just going to do the good, the acceptable, the 30, the 60-fold. We're going to step into monarchy of the hundredfold grace realm of his blood. And it's going to speak a better word. It's going to speak the words of God so perfectly that the archangels of the arch of the Father and the Son's thrones, the arch 
are the angels of the arch, our arch between the Father and the Son's thrones. Do you see it? That's the arch. It's that arch where the archangels serve and take orders. So if you are a son, you are also an arch. Now a son has blood that speaks a better word. It starts with the spirit of adoption. How many of y'all know the spirit of adoption is the potential possibility of having the blood of adoption? Spirit is right here in your wind. That doesn't mean it's changed your heart. Now it has to change your heart. And as the spirit changes your heart, then it changes your blood. Then it gets real. Then it's made flesh. That's when you become sons. You do not have the royal power available when it's only in spirit. Very little. You're protected. You're loved perfectly. The issue is you haven't grown and matured out of the curse of the fall for it to be made your flesh yet. Your blood. That's the difference between outside the bridegroom's chambers and inside the bridegroom's chambers. It's the difference of going from just having it in spirit, in wind, to now having it in heart, in blood. <laughs> That's technondahuyos, spirit to blood. Because the spirit comes and he's looking for tablets of hearts to write his words of grace upon. Which, revelation light. And this light changes your blood because blood is congealed light. And so the more words of grace you let the Spirit through your spirit by practicing God inside mindedness, living from the inner man and practicing a continuous repentance of the outer man, will write his words with fire upon the tablet of your heart and the word is now made flesh. There's no inheritance. You're saved, you have fire insurance if it's spirit only. That's outer court. Outer court Christianity is fire insurance only but no rewards. There's no sonship inheritance for the outer court. They only have the fire insurance. Remember, sozo and soteria, the two Greek words of the New Testament for salvation, imply ever-increasing amounts and measures. So the Spirit has to rise, or the morning star has to rise, 2 Peter 1.19, inside the heart, which is the blood. Once it gets into the bloodstream, you begin to feel the fire. You begin to feel what's called the rapture of transformation. We've been preaching transformation, and transformation is the biggest deal because everyone wants to change to the measure that they dislike things in their life. And so we change and transform, sometimes rather rapidly, to get the stuff that's so obviously evil out of us when we become Christians. What we stop is going further beyond what we see as good. Usually, most Christians will tap out and say, I'm good, I'm cooked, I'm done, get me out of the oven, when all the things they see as bad in their life have burned away. The pornography, the lust, the adultery, the murder, the hate, the witchcraft, the obvious sins of moral decadence and evil that are just appalling even in human society. <laughs> and so you get those things burned out, but you need to stay in and cook longer. The, the real ones who love him, they never come out of the fire. You realize there are deeper depths here of stuff that you consider good in your own eyes that will melt off of you progressively while you have flesh. See, wearing flesh is the ability to reverse the curse. Once you no longer wear flesh, you can have no more rewards. Your rewards are sealed to the dent you've done to the blood of Abel with the blood of Christ while you wear physical bodies. That's the measure of your eternal rewards. <laughs> so you begin to understand the transformation of the blood from spirit to blood, from belly to heart. From belly to heart is from spirit to blood. I'm talking about right here where your wind is, 
knock the wind out of someone, their spirit comes out, they lose 21 grams, and they fly away to be with God. You know the song, I'll fly away. I'll fly away, Lord Jesus. And your body just lost 21 grams. So the measure that that 21 grams imparted the words of God through your spirit into your bloodlines is how much you advance the kingdom during your during your life and that blood will continue to speak that blood will continue to work and work for you rewards while you're watching from the theater of heaven the cloud of witnesses is still watching their blood work <laughs> they're invested because you know you're all related to Abel but do you realize you're also the children of faith the offspring of Abraham it says that Paul says it that you are the offspring and the children or the bloodlines of Abraham when you are believers in Jesus Christ remember Abraham's covenant was not the law there was no law for 400 years later Abraham's covenant was with Jesus Christ it's called the covenant of faith this is the covenant of Abraham right now people has he received the promises of offspring like the stars and the sands he does in this one billion soul harvest that's the fulfillment of the promises to Abraham the offspring of faith and what did he do different than any other sacrifice he drank Melchizedek's wine. He put the blood sacrifice inside him so that the blood covenant of Jesus was inside Abraham. That's what makes him the great patriarch. Then we had to go through the types and shadows of the law to progress to the place where Jesus could come. But it's important that he perfected the covenant in the beginning the priesthood of Melchizedek was introduced to Abraham because the new covenant is the covenant of Abraham and you are his offspring you are his bloodlines and we know that the children of Abraham are the Israel of God so it's all about blood but it's not about the blood of Abel it's not about the blood of the law if you do a DNA test and your blood comes up Irish, British, you know, Russian, South American, or whatever, that does not negate the fact that your blood inheritance is in the blood of Abraham because it's based on faith. So there is invisible faith flowing in your blood because we serve an invisible God. That's why people feel fire, vibrations, electricity buzzing in their hands manifestations of the spirit of grace all throughout their flesh because they're being adopted into that invisible God as the children of Abraham the children of faith now the ones that are bound to the law they'll say the natural realm is their legal right to inheritance but that's based on you being good that's based on the law that's based on religion and Jesus Christ destroyed that inheritance and bound everyone to his blood so that the only inheritance down here is based on grace and as I was driving over here today God said to me that what the sorcerers have been doing for hundreds of years is controlling the measures of grace since it's all grace based and it's all based on the blood of Jesus that sorcery or religion opens doors and closes doors it says here a little there a little remember that wearisome activity Isaiah talked about it says it gives grace to this one but not to that one it gives grace to Biden but none to Trump what is that it's the hypocrisy of the measurements that's what sorcery is sorcery is man's control of grace it's having you as judge of who gets grace and who dies it's the law still controlling free grace 
You've seen it your whole life. You've seen some people not get what they deserve and others have it so harsh. Why is that? Because the sorcery of the wicked has reigned over flesh until the sons of God appear. And then the unjust measuring scales, the unjust measurements are done away with. That's what the floods are. The floods of Jesus Christ are the floods of grace. It means there will be no more sorcery that no brain, no religious person, no judge, no apostle, no prophet, no politician in the entire world can dictate anyone's head the measurements of what they receive anymore. Because some families, you go into really, really horrible neighborhoods, there's been almost no measurements of grace on their head. So the behavior is almost controlled by the measurements poured out in sections of cities. It's true. It's called sorcery or Freemasonry. That's what it is. It's the control of the measurements. <laughs> and so in Egypt, when the Israelites came, the 11 brothers, what did they do? They measured out how much food they could have under Pharaoh. That's the old covenant people. That's the law. It's saying you get this measurement because you're of this tribe and you're of this relation and we know you and some kind of false favor with people. But these people we don't know. They get a lesser measure and you see the measurements of the storehouses of Egypt distributing goods. It symbolizes sorcery. Yeah, and Joseph, no doubt about it practice sorcery <laughs> that's really what the old covenant was they learned sorcery it's true what do you think all the works of the stars in the realm of the natural listen unless you go through the sheep gate did they go through the sheep gate they hadn't been slain yet was it tolerable what do you think animal sacrifice is what is all this bizarre activity Deborah warring with the stars it's almost like they were taught how to be magicians in the Old Covenant, weren't they? Yeah, magi from the East, the daughters of the Eastern Star. How to be magicians. How to use the natural realm to control the measurements of God's grace. That's what's being done away with during this time. It's called religious control or man's governments. The government of man is magic, magic arts. Outside the city gates are the magicians and those who practice magic arts, Revelation says. The magic arts is also human governments. It's true. All human governments are magic. And unjust. The divine government, what is the divine government? The throne of grace. That's what rises in your heart. What's been rising of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. The government of grace is not yet here, but will soon be here. When it comes, then the government of unjust measures will be whacked off the face of the earth. Just completely and totally fulfilled and destroyed it's man's self-righteousness it's man's control other over other men doesn't matter if they're doing the best they can you know, see it's not about your skill in being a human being it's about the divine taking over the human grace is a divine substance and no doubt about it through religion there has been an abuse of grace. Remember what Paul said? Shall I abuse grace so that sin may abound? So Paul is already just 40 years into the new covenant dealing with people who were abusers of grace. 2,000 years later, I mean, you have entire nations that are founded on the abuse of grace and the control of the measurements of divine grace. That's what religion is. It says, I decide and I'm judge of who lives and who dies. 
that's not your decision you have no judgment only the throne of grace is judge and if at any point you become an unjust judge you practice sorcery it's true and your blood does not speak a better word and you're no longer representing Jesus you're representing man it's human it's human activity don't even involve the fallen angels in this activity because it's really between God and man the snakes are just in the wilderness and they're all being burnt up anyway this is between God and man and man being restored to divinity what does it take just measurements what is the measurement Revelation 22 the river of grace where we cut ourselves off and literally begin dying is when we start judging who gets grace and who doesn't do you decide if Biden gets grace if Clinton gets grace now this is practical for all of you because this is this will stretch you where you're at when you look upon the wicked and you judge if they live or die by the grace of the river proceeding out of you are you not practicing sorcery saying they deserve death are you not just like the ones you're judging because you haven't given them grace oh but 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 listen guys it's not about their wickedness it's about the flow of the river if you stop releasing the river towards anyone I'm talking Adolf Hitler I'm talking Jeffrey Dahmer I'm talking all the most wicked horrible Pol Pot people that have ever lived Joseph Stalin oh they deserve to die do you realize the floods of God's glory is death you are executing them you are executing the blood of Abel you are executing vengeance you are destroying the curse of the fall when you learn how to proficiently have the measuring scales of the Lord Jesus how did the Lord Jesus behave when he walked through Israel open gates what does he say about his city open gates the 12 pearls what are they the release of his father's light and water <laughs> he causes his light and water to rain on the just and unjust so your only job is to rain light and water to be like God the Father how people react to your unconditional giving of light and water is irrelevant that's angel work the angels will clean it up that's their job your job is to be an open gate of the light and water of the grace of the Lord Jesus through your hearts so what's the temptation of the evil one that all of us fail hundreds and hundreds of times as we learn how to love closing our gates getting into sorcery practicing murder and saying they don't get light and water what that does is gives the enemy power in that person to use stolen grace to lord over you because you haven't been made perfect in the government of God in the grace of the Lord Jesus so in order to remove the fallen angels influence through the sorcerers with the unjust scales of grace you have to be open pearls that release the nature of the father and the lamb 24 7 365 that's the perfection of the glory of God that's the city New Jerusalem that's the promised land that's the healing of the bloodlines and that's ultimate judgment upon all flesh and Satan and his angels can't move in a people that have learned how to love that perfectly because that's the final judgment towards sin it's grace glory grace is glory you mix Jesus the champion of grace he is liquid grace the spirit of grace and the throne of grace you mix that inside you you transform into divinity 
So every single one of us here has a different measure of grace. God is increasing his measurements. This changes everything, and I, I want you to understand how it changes through your spirit and then through your heart and your blood, and your blood will be speaking the words of grace towards all blood in your regions. And the bride of Christ will rise in the glory of God. You all know the prophecies of the bride, but these are the practical things that happen to her to make her the glorious, perfect, wrinkle and spot-free bride. Wrinkle and spot-free really speaks of having no hypocrisy. Perfectly divine. Perfectly graceful. Literally the royalty of grace. They say through the Middle Ages, your grace is a term for royalty because it came from God. The measures of grace is the measures of royalty, but we've had unjust measurements and we've practiced sorcery. All of us have had it. We've looked at people this today and said, no grace for that person. It's not even about that person. It's forgiving and loving your enemies. It's about your heart staying open to release God the Father and the Lamb. Most of you haven't practiced this against the Democrats. Most of you haven't practiced this against Black Lives Matter, against Antifa, against the Democrat strongholds in New York and Portland and Seattle and Minneapolis. These are the things that break the backbone of the devil when you start to practice them, and they really crush your self-righteousness and pride with a death blow. You need that death blow. They need for you to die more to judgment. You're judging of others. <laughs> How you judge others, you yourselves will be judged. The very blood in your veins is judging others. Does it speak a better word than Abel? The words in your blood will be your judges. If you have the words of grace written on your heart, you can literally learn to love your enemies, love other tribes, love false teachers, love false prophets, love false apostles, <laughs> love the religious. And what is it? Drinking his grace and letting him speak his nature through your bodies, the bodies of the temples of the Holy Spirit. That's the realm of perfection glory. That alone testifies of your citizenship of the New Jerusalem. Only people who are like that live in New Jerusalem. It's the city of righteous men and women made perfect in grace. So this is what's going to transform you in the coming weeks and months. Growing in your measurements of judging by his grace. What it will do is it will break the enemy's power in those that you look upon. Your eyes will shine brighter with grace. Your hearts will shine brighter with grace. Grace is so much greater than mercy because mercy says, I'm just going to cover you. Mercy in the New Testament is covering others with your self-sacrifice which is a wonderful thing to do, and we all do that to a part. Grace is imparting the divine nature in the undeserving. So one is only external and does a tremendous work and is necessary, but the other penetrates the heart and changes the blood. There's no mention of mercy in the blood, but there is a mention of the throne of grace and the spirit of grace that is drunk in the blood of Jesus and gets into the bloodstream. <laughs> that, my friends, is the power of the new covenant. And that, when you begin to practice it, is your godliness. That is your divinity. That is what makes you royalty. 
And so, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the increase of your measurements of grace. Give us the same measuring scales that you and our Lord Jesus Christ use in the throne room of our kingdom of heaven. And let every other measuring device that we have in our eyes, in our hands, in our blood, in our hearts, be destroyed. All the unjust scales that we've judged ourselves, our families, our communities, and our neighbors, and even our enemies with, let them be destroyed for the scales of grace. And in the scales of grace, we will release the flood. And that's when heaven comes to earth. And that's when all the good times roll in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Bless you guys so much. Father, bless our financial partners who are partnering all their financial grace with your throne of grace. And let your grace increase through their bones, blood, brain, hands, fingers, and eyes for new ideas, new creativity, and new levels of excellence because of the impartation of grace. That you would be the best in all your trades, working unto the Lord and not for man. And let each one of you decide in your heart, in your blood, what you should give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves cheerful givers. In Jesus' name. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.